Good morning from Bali. I'm Kat Kabira. And I was considering, um, I'm in the middle of running a level one energy course right now. And on our call last night, one of my students remarked, you know, since she's been doing work with me, how she finds that she's just feeling more. And there's oftentimes an assumption that, oh, if I do energy work or if I do these certain practices, everything will be okay and maybe I'll be happy all the time. And what I've learned in the invitation you know, to you is to really be in our power, we have to, we're learning how to tolerate feeling and how to handle life. And understandably, we create certain coping mechanisms, leaving patterns, freezing patterns, disassociation, numbing out, defenses as a way to cope, you know, especially when, when we're much younger and we're a lot more powerless. You know, it's like, imagine being three or four years old and there's stuff going on and it's like, okay, like I, I need to, I don't really have the ability to physically leave. So how can I cope? Um, what can I, how can I fragment my field? How can I hide certain parts of myself to protect them? How can I call other energies in to protect me? And so what we're left with, you know, in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s and onwards is parts of ourselves that are fragmented and aren't really here. And suddenly a, a real desire to be grounded and to be present is one of our greatest powers is really being fully here in, in, in present time. Um, you know, without realizing it, we are multidimensional, both in a positive way and in, in a not helpful way, um, where parts of us will be unconsciously scattered in the past and in the future with different people. And there's a very big difference when our energy body is the way it is because we're conscious of it and we're choosing it versus not, you know, for example, I attract a lot of people who leave their bodies and astral travel quite a bit. And there's a very big difference between like, I'm aware that I'm astral traveling and I'm conscious as to where I'm taking myself versus I just don't want to be anywhere and I'm scared of many things. And so my coping mechanism is to kind of unconsciously fly everywhere. So one of the, the big foundations of my work is teaching you how to be here, to even recognize those pain patterns of, and, and, the, and the beliefs and the memories of, of why we don't want to be here, why it doesn't feel safe, why it doesn't feel pleasurable, how to meet the old pain that's in our body and how to healthily process, you know, without falling into story, which can create a lot of overwhelm and create more, how to ride the, the subtle energy wave of it. And <clears throat> I really akin my energy work to, to art. And I think energy work in general, you know, when we, when we allow ourselves to be the artist, which is stepping out of the more conditioned mind and out of the, when we really connect to our soul, we're stepping out of 
what we've been told to do and think and feel. And we begin to access the truth of our hearts, which really connects us also into the power of source. And suddenly there's a language that's allowed that we don't have language for in our everyday regular language and, and our scientific language and our logical language where it's like certain colors are allowed and certain rhythms are allowed. And suddenly there's a way that we can name and express when we've got gestures and movements and sounds and smells. And that reclaiming of that part of us that can feel so much. And another thing that, that came up in, in our call last night was, oh, I'm, I'm starting to discover the senses beyond the six. And that, you know, I, I know even when I, when I sing, I, I take music lessons or singing lessons. My favorite thing with, with the particular teacher I work with is that she and I both can, can see the music, you know, coming towards one another. And, and I can like see the music in my body. And it's not just feeling, it's not just seeing, it's not just hearing. There's so much happening. And I tell her how, when I even write songs, it's like, I can, I can taste the music. I'm like, I know it's the right you know, rhythm and chord structure because it tastes good. And so there's a way that we're kind of numb to our aliveness and what we're looking for, or at least what I'm looking for and what I offer to you is, is how can we be more alive? And, you know, being very, and it's kind of piggybacking on my last video, but piggybacking, backing on when there's been trauma, when there's been fear, when there's been overwhelm, yes, we're going to go into like a little small space and we might even really control the space. But at some point, you know, like we're going to want more, we're going to want to be alive. And that the danger of being numb is that we won't even realize that we could be smothering our own aliveness. And so there is such a power, the moment you can start to feel, even if it's a little bit painful, which is momentary, you can start to know what your truth is. You can start to trust your own senses. We lose our power by thinking other people know more or better. Yes, it's great to ask opinions, do research, study, learn, but you need to have your inner authority. You need to have your inner authority. I'll be moving my work a little bit uh, for the next few months, several months, just bringing in the energetics of working with wanting to be here on this planet, wanting to be here in our body, and also our relationship with food, because so much of being willing to take in nourishment is our own contract with our own aliveness. You know, and there's a very big difference when we start to micromanage our, our food and we're micromanaging life or when we don't allow ourselves the pleasure of food or when we go into negative pleasure of food and don't really understand the relationship with healthy pleasure. So, you know, a student asked me last year why our program was so successful because I, I, I uh, we did like a three-month intensive around eating disorders. And, you know, one thing I said is that you really are going to have a breakthrough. That was a, a commitment that I made. And, you know, she realized, you know, despite the various therapies that she'd done, you know, what the game changer was, was that we were working with embodiment 
and also with the subtle energetic system. And whether you binge eat or restrict your food or anorectic or you know, binge and purge, over-exercise, have body dysmorphia, take everything out on your body, or maybe like your, your eating patterns are normal, but you, you hate your body, you know, and, and there's so many other things I can name. What we're learning, what, we, what I want you to learn is, is how to go underneath that. And it's like how to empower you to live in life. And, and it does start with feeling safe enough to feel and then to tolerate the waves. And it's a very small process and slow. So you don't ever get overwhelmed because in a way, any sort of eating restriction disorder, binge eating is also like a way to protect ourselves. Like I can't handle this. I'm overwhelmed. So I'm going to just go back into the food world and, and manage it from that level and kind of cut myself off in other ways and cut myself off from my truth. So the work that we do together is how to help you land back into your truth and to feel safe enough to feel it for yourself, to express it and to live it. Now there's much more that I can say, but this is an invitation right now that your, your ability to feel is one of your superpowers and your ability to truly be in your body where you can feel all the powerful nuances. That's one of the most exquisite pleasures that we're given in our life. Um, my, my brother had died suddenly uh, on January 1st, 2012. And I had, was in Guatemala at the time and I flew up to Florida um, where he was living. And I went to his family's house and and for those of you who've lost people, I mean, I'm not, it's very personal, the grieving process. Um, but this one in particular, his, his spirit was very close to me for a long time after he passed. And for that first few days in particular, because we're all sleeping in his house where he had passed. And his voice was in my ear quite a bit, where at first I thought I was a bit crazy. And, but it was very undeniable, you know, the, <laughs> the signs that I was given. And that's a whole different story. Um, but one of the messages he gave me, I had, I had woken up and it was right before the sun was rising. So it was even like maybe, I don't know, 5 a.m., maybe even earlier. And um, it was wintertime, Florida. So cold enough to walk outside, but you know, I needed, I put on these oversized slippers that I bought or Cookie Monster. Um, and I had this like, sweater wrapped around me because um, I, I own no warm clothes. So I went to Walmart. It was the only place nearby to get clothes. And my little sister said that I looked like a drama teacher <laughs> with my big earrings and my long sweater, and my oversized slippers. And I kind of shuffled around in the, the crispy grass and, and kind of feeling bewildered and by life and in pain. And, and at the same time, there was this aliveness like something, everything was so alive. It was just like this awareness that, oh my God, like we're going to go. He's, he went, the most important person in my life just went. And so there was something both like dying in me and becoming alive. And it's, it's one of the most magical times, which sounds so strange to say. And his voice was in my ear and he said, you know, you, you don't realize how lucky you are right now that 
that you can really feel this the crispy grasp against your feet and that you can hear the sound of of your feet against the grass and you could even put your hand on a table and feel your fingers touching the wood and just by hearing him say that the the reclaiming the power of feeling these these simple senses and the magic there it, it reminded me back when i i started in 1997 I, I started as a zen buddhist meditation practitioner so i just meditated a lot and it was a way to get me back into present time but also to appreciate the world like i i would just walk around in awe of just colors and feeling and not diluting the experience by the fears in my mind, the rushing of my mind, the traumas of my mind. Like there, there was a part of me that could really fall into present time and just really sense the magic. And I was, I was living in Boston, so it, it was like a cityscape. And yet I would just stand in awe underneath these trees, watching the leaves coming down, like, oh my God, like I will never see these colors again. I, I will admit, friends often thought that I was like on, on massive drugs because I was just so in awe. I wasn't, I actually went, went, went straight for a bit. Uh, and, but for me, it was like, I'd been anorexic and so shut down that suddenly I was like waking up to, holy fuck, this world is so beautiful. So I felt like I had this major, major rebirth happen. And I don't know about you, but I've, I've had a few and I'm, I'm going to have some more. So my invitation to you is just, you know, let's, it's, we've been shut down globally and there's ways to just shut down and control and fear and fight. And it's like, let's fucking love and let's, let's be in our aliveness. And, and you can do this in cityscapes. You can do this in many places. You know, let's, let's reclaim the power of feeling and our senses because it's so worth being here. You know, that we, we incarnated for a reason. It's so worth being here. So I'm sending you lots of love this morning. I'm going to go drink some coffee. Bye. <laughs>